when there's four in line and there's only six, you run your little took us off. Yeah. Next you time. Sprint. You sprint. You, hey, guys, if you're going to the liquor store to get limited quantities, put on your running yeah, shoes. Run to the door. Get your sweatbands and sprint. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be afraid, don't be afraid uh, to sweep some legs along the way. That's fine. Yeah. Because that jerk will do it to you. Throw some bows. Yeah. I'm serious. Welcome once again to Chill Filtered, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to, but you probably should. And you probably do. And that's awesome. And that's why we love you. So on today's episode, we're drinking, we're going back to a reasonably easy to find and uh, decently priced whiskey of the weeded bourbon variety, and that is Makers 46. But before we get into anything about Makers 46, even before we get anything into talking about life, let's talk about some business as usual. How long has it been since we talked about Patreon? It's probably been a few episodes, like legitimately. So let's talk about Patreon. Patreon is a great way to support your favorite creators online and, you know, on the interwebs, such as ours, because we are technically on the interwebs. And it is a great way to financially support them. Uh, We, let's just break (laughs) it down for a second. We have expenses as a podcast. Uh, We get those expenses, thankfully, paid for by our Patreon subscribers, but barely a little bit more. Uh, there's not too much more that we have on top of that. And we would really love to be able to shout you guys out even more when we are able to afford at least one bottle a month. That would be epic if we could get to the point where we can buy one bottle a month of whiskey and add it to the show and thank every time this was a Patreon bottle. And heck, let's just say this. If we start getting Patreon bottles, we'll start shipping We'll start couriering the uh, samples of said bottle to our favorite... Currying shipping. Yeah, courier shipping. Yeah, because our courier... uh, Technically, our courier does ship. Because if you think about it, it's similar to like, you know, one of those uh, random uh, unnamed uh, uh, forms of shipping. It's sort of like that because in a way, like our courier gets, comes to us and then goes to wherever we want them to go. Uh, so I guess you could say they ship, sure. But, you know, we want to stay away from that word because maybe people will think we send it through one of those random um, forms of, of, of shipping things. So I, don't, I like to use the word courier because it's the true word where our courier shows up to our door, grabs stuff, and then shows up to their door. Anyway, uh, Let's say we do get to that point where we are able to afford a monthly bottle from our Patreon subscribers. Well, Patreon subscribers, you just earned yourself a sample couriered to you every now and then. And and maybe we'll, you know, but I do promise you that, at least for now, listeners, until we get to $1,000 a month before I butt chug McAllen. <laughs> um that is how we're going to do it. So uh, if, you're, if you've been thinking about hitting us up on Patreon, if you've been thinking about supporting us financially, maybe think again and consider it even more because there's more in it for you than you might think. And there has been historically, if any of our Patreon people want to speak up right now, oh wait, none of you are here. But <laughs> when you're listening on your phone right now, you're going to be thinking, hey, it's true. I've been couriered goodies from Chill Filtered Podcast before that were very tasty in my mouth. Um, maybe you guys can understand that I've had an entry buzz of Eagle Rare. And yeah, I rarely entry buzz, but today is the day for a good entry buzz. And let's stop the business right there. <laughs> oh, man, we should have stopped it a you, long time ago. Yeah, we really should <laughs> Hey, Robbie, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I needed this. I uh, sadly uh, just said goodbye like minutes before we did yeah. the episode. I had to say goodbye to uh, an old doggy friend, uh, my mother-in-law's dog, oh. Tucker. Um, yeah. Not doing so well, so they stopped by so we could say goodbye, and it was hard. My uh, oh. my oldest, Amara, is uh, just heartbroken as, as we the family is. He's been around us, I think, for, gosh, 14, 15 Long years. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, had to say goodbye to Tucker today, so that stinks. But other than that, you know, we're good, man. Um, been a fun kind of a whiskey week. It was awesome. Uh, 
we had a friend uh, stop by and they made us some like pre-made old fashions and brought us a, a or like old fashioned syrup, which was kind of like cinnamony, which was kind of neat. Um, but then like with it, there was a, they gave us a bottle of a uh, four roses, uh, small batch. And, nice. Or is it select? What is that? What is that one? The th- uh, not the select, likely not the select. The it's, select is pretty rare. Yeah. So it's the small batch, right? With the like the yeah, mm-hmm. hardest shape bottle. Anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, which is awesome. That's one of my favorite uh, gifting whiskeys. And uh, and he was, when he was here, he loved uh, his name's Chuck Chuck Westerberg, and uh, his nice. wife Stephanie. They're pretty awesome folks. But anyway, he loves Isla Scotches and stuff like that. And so I have uh, I'm almost out of that Nika straight from the barrel. So I ran out to him oh. real quick and like poured him a little bit. I'm like, dude, you gotta try this. And uh, he was like, oh, this is really good. I'm like, yeah. So anyway, and then the next day, I get a random phone call from him. He doesn't often call. He'll text every once in a while. And he's like, hey, I just got back from Liquor Store 101 in downtown Boise, the good one across nice. from uh, Big City. And uh, he's like, yeah. they got some of that Nika straight from the barrel, but they would only let me buy no one way. bottle. And I was like, well, I'm in the oh. middle of cooking dinner. And I was like, well, can you go back, change your mask, take your jacket off, and try to get another one? He goes, I'll see what I can do. Get a call back uh-huh. five minutes later, and he's like, "Oh man, they uh, they ha- said I had to buy a different. They talked me into buying a different bottle, uh, just so I could uh, buy you a bottle too." And I was like, "Oh man, that's awesome!" I was like, "What bottle did you get?" So they talked him into buying a uh, Weller Antique 107. I'm like, "Dude, no way!" <laughs> I was like, you wouldn't have had to talk me into that. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're gonna love that one too. So anyway, I got a bottle of Nika straight awesome. from the barrel, which I'm super excited about. So um, yeah, pretty fun. And then like, have you ever used Drizzly? the app uh no but i is that that's one of those ones that sells bottles is that right it delivers like you deliver they deliver nice. liquor so uh one of my good high school buddies phil dean had a kid this summer and uh i meant to like wanted to see him bring him a bottle and share a drink you know uh never mm. happened and then he and i were texting last night and i was like i'm gonna see if i can ship him get him a bottle so i got him a, a bottle of uh, e.h taylor uh bonded which i'm nice about. or yeah. the uh small batch small batch yeah uh, bottle the bond so yeah mm-hmm. yeah so anyway got that so i oh, kind of a couple of fun whiskey purchases this week so i'm super excited man it's been pretty good you had a pretty decent or no you haven't you had a little bit of a rough go uh, if we recorded yesterday i would have been so like drab and dreary not dreary yeah i guess that's a word like i was just i was so bummed out yesterday yeah Freaking so jerks. what happened was I saw, I'm in Virginia right now. I'm actually recording at my in-laws place. And yesterday I took my lunch break and decided to go. uh, There was mention on uh, Virginia ABC's website that there would be uh, six bottles of George T, or not George T, Stag Jr. at a specific liquor store. And so I'm like, sweet, I'll show up 30 minutes early and there probably won't be too much. Uh, There might be maybe one or two people waiting in line, but there probably won't be much. I show up about 30, probably probably 35 minutes early to this liquor store and it's already got a line of like 10 people. And Mm. so I start talking to them. I'm like, you guys are probably here for the same reason I'm here. And they're like, yep. Uh, But apparently it dropped all over uh, this other town right next to us. And I'm like, sweet, I actually live closer to that town. So why don't I just make my way over there? And they said, oh, yeah, there's six bottles that have shown up on the website for their stores as well. And it's a state control. So I was like, well, it'll give me a better chance than here because there's already more people in line than there are bottles. So I decided to drive over to the other store, which was about 12, 13 minutes away. And show up, and there are four people in line as I park. Mm-hmm. And there are six bottles said to be there. And as I start walking towards the door, some people run out of their car and beat me to the line. Like, as oh. I'm already passing them, they jump ahead of me. And I wasn't theoretically in line yet. And I didn't want to make a scene. Oh. And two people got my got the fifth and sixth spot for the George or the Stag Jr. and I did not get a bottle. Luckily, I got an Eagle Rare uh 10 year for 29.99, but I was just like so sad yesterday. Man. And I was just continually doing like if only's. And, like if and, only I were there 10 15 seconds earlier or if it, only that guy wasn't slow in front of me cold. or if only yeah. What lesson did yeah, we learn? Ahead. What major lesson did we learn? Ah. Uh, when, I, you know, if I were to do it again, four in line, and there's only six, you run your little took us off. Yeah, next you time sprint. you put you. Next, hey guys, if you're going to the liquor store to get limited quantities, put on your running yeah, shoes, run to the door, get your sweatbands, 
and sprint. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be don't be afraid uh, to sweep some legs along the way. That's fine. Yeah. Cause that jerk will do it to you. Throw some bows. Yeah. That's serious. But I yeah, that guy basically did Bring it to me. Trident. So, you know. And in a way, like he was there in line before I was. So um in a way, I give it to them. They technically beat me to the line, but if I were to do it again, I would probably run. Yep. Uh, and but it's so hard to find good whiskey these days, and that was like such a close moment to getting Stag Junior for retail fifty two ninety nine. Ugh. Yeah. So, so if, I if yeah. Rennie McCutface is listening, screw you, pal. Yeah. Or, you know, not screw you and maybe become a Patreon member. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, help us out, even though you helped yourself out. Uh, so, but it's like, it's like this true, like, what would you call it? Like a true dilemma. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't like to think it in the terms of if only, yeah. if only I had done this, but I was, I was struggling yesterday. So I bet that sucks. Yeah. It sucks. But I got Eagle rare, which is hard to find. And I always forget drinking Eagle rare, how stinking good that it bottle is, good. is. I just can't get over it. It's so good. So I'm grateful to have some Eagle rare. Um, so other than, uh, Rennie McCutface, how, uh, how's, how's your week been? Anything else? Let's see. Yeah. I, I've been working uh, since today. We're recording on a Wednesday today, midday on a Wednesday. Dude, and I'll tell you one and, thing. I'm kind of excited about uh-huh. drinking in midday over Christmas break. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's totally sanctioned by everyone. Drink midday, week of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's the rule. So, yeah, but I, I'm working That's, every day but today. Yeah. Um, or at least, you know, I'm, I'm working. I worked Monday, Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. I took off. And then I'm working like a half day tomorrow. And then the next day is Christmas. So, and then this will come out the Monday after Christmas. Technically the last episode of the year. Yeah, uh, buddy. Uh, in terms of re- or release. So, but yeah, otherwise I'm doing good. I, I have been enjoying, I enjoy coming to Virginia. I enjoy seeing my in-laws. Uh, they are, if I can give them a shout out, they are extremely generous. And at Christmas time, they want to blow our socks off, <laughs> which I'm down for because I love presents and gifts and I love giving gifts and I love receiving gifts. So it's perfect. Everyone gets, everyone wins. So yeah. yeah. And I got to hang out. Um, my friend uh, met me in a very... Uh, uh, safe fashion. We we met at a separated table from uh, everyone else at a um, uh, lunch place, and with masks on and all that. You know, just being extra safe. But we, it, it's actually one of our listeners. He, he goes by the uh, Instagram handle at Moothman. That's M O T H underscore M A N. His name's Kyle, and he's a listener. He's a great. Uh, a fan of ours and it was great to just hang out with him. There you go. So that was awesome. And hey, then, uh-huh. Well, I, I got to say it real quick too. So my buddy Chuck that got the, uh, the bottle for me, he said, I also have to make sure I give a shout out and I kind of did, but proper shout out to whiskey store 101 downtown Boise across from big city. Uh, I believe it's on Grove. They didn't want to mention any names, but thank you guys for, uh, giving a second bottle for a second for the same person so that someone else could have it super excited so yeah but if you are in boise yeah seriously that is probably one of the best ones to go to so yeah what's that off grove off grove yep right across from big yeah. city which you guys have all heard cole talk in the linen about the district potatoes uh heck yeah if you're ever in boise that's the, that's the liquor one of the liquor stores to go to it's a great spot and one of the best breakfast places to go to exactly you, and then you should go to big cities too well the liquor store <laughs> <laughs> Love to drink my See what breakfast. I did there, I Robbie? See what me, I did there? It it's good second, for breakfast. <laughs> it took me a second, but I got there. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah, it was good to hang out with him. And then uh, had an entry buzz with some Eagle Rare, old fashions. And then I sipped a little Eagle Rare after that. Just, you know, neat. And uh, yeah, that's my week. Sweet, that's man. my day. Yeah, and then we are drinking. Did we mention it yet? I think we did. did there was yeah. a quick mention. We are drinking Makers Forty Six today. Uh, anything else before we get into the history and the break? No, man. 
I'm good. Let's Sweet. drink. Let's send it to break, and then we'll be right back uh, to talk about Makers 46. Here we go. <laughs> And we're back. We're drinking Makers 46. And But before we get into that, I wanted to I have some notes on my notepad. And I I would like to say I learned something this week okay. about one of our listeners, Drew Toland, and just how photogenic he and his wife are. Huh. Uh, wow. This is completely out of nowhere, but I'm looking <laughs> at his pictures. Hey, watch it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, cool. Watch your entry button, yeah, man. You no, know no, right no. here? <laughs> Drew, Drew, Drew can understand this. Uh, but I looked at his photos and I'm like, dang, man, you are very photogenic. He's like that, that meme of the very photogenic racer on the, like the, in the running race. But anyway, and I thought about that. I was like, yeah, he and his wife are very photogenic. But then it proved itself when I looked at him and his wife after I, I think it was their first kid. Um, and they just, you know, had their first kid there. And then, and I started to realize they're still at the hospital. And she's still in her hospital gown, and they are the immaculate couple of Instagram. Like they're just like perfect. And she just had a baby, and so good on you, Drew. And uh, whatever your wife's name is, you guys are very photogenic. So keep that up. And um, so Makers Forty Six, here well, we go. Real quick, Cole. Uh, As you said, uh-huh. that I started stalking our other Patreon supporters, and I was looking at yeah, Bryce Marita. And boy, what a guy! That guy's got a smile that lasts for days, dude. Dude, I have this. I have a like uh, on my phone. I have one of the contact photos, and I took it uh, from somewhere. I forget where I got it from. Oh, probably his Instagram. But yeah, Bryce has a smile that does not end. It's, it's huge, and it's always on. Like if you if you talk to this guy, he is always smiling, and so. Good on you, Bryce, is this, for uh, is this being the, very smiling. Is this our new Patreon tier where we stock your photos? And well, Drew's not on yet, but he <laughs> will be. Okay. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't say that for the reason. Just for the record, I did not compliment Drew so that he could be a Patreon uh, subscriber. I just wanted to say he is insanely <laughs> photogenic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and congrats again, Drew, on the uh, having a baby soon. So, my wife and your wife will be bump babies or bump buddies, so, as they say. <laughs> bump it babies right. was the lesser known sequel to Muppet Babies. <laughs> that was a nickname in college, actually. <laughs> uh, here we go. So, Makers Forty Six. Surprisingly, this is our first Makers Mark product on the whole podcast. We've never featured the distillery or the brand or any of our in any of our um, previous 130 episodes. Hey, take a second, Robbie, and soak this in. This is your yes, it is 50th, 51st episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, almost. So a whole you have year. yeah. I guess next week will technically be a whole year. Yep. So uh, you're doing great, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, can't wait to end out of my I'll probation period. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, good, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's in a uh, hundred more episodes. No I'm kidding. Uh, so let's talk about Maker's Mark Distillery. Uh, in 1953, a man named Bill Samuels Sr. Uh, he bought out uh, what was called Burks Burks's, not not Burks, uh, because it was a uh, like Burks was the name of the family, and the name of the distillery was Burks's Distillery. And that was in Loretto, Kentucky. And according to legend, uh, brought with him, his, this guy, Bill Samuels Sr., he brought with him this family recipe of distilling bourbon that went back like 170 years. And apparently it was a literal paper recipe. And the paper recipe accidentally burned up. Uh-oh. So the story goes that he had to make a new mash bill uh, just based on like, feeling it out a little bit and the story goes that samuels bought or thought of seven potential mash bills uh using mostly corn of course because he wanted to make a bourbon uh to use for his new distillery but to forego the amount of time it would take to distill and age several types of bourbons he actually baked bread with the various mash bills instead of using oh. just straight like wheat uh like flour 
bread, he made, you know, corn flour bread with all these, you know, different ratios of things like wheat and rye and barley. And the one that was apparently the most tasty was the one that incorporated wheat and not rye. And apparently he also got some assistance as well from people at Stitzel Weller, which were known for their wheat recipes in bourbon and didn't, didn't find out to what extent he got help from Stitzel Weller, but apparently it was noted that he did get some help from them. Uh, but Samuels was quoted to have said, quote, give me bourbon that won't blow my ears off, and, unquote. And he used the mash bill of 70% corn, which is high on the corn, uh, 16% red winter wheat, and 14% malted barley. And the standard uh, weeded bourbon, that makers is uh, it was 90 proof and it was around six years old and eventually the makers mark distillery changed hands a good few times but is now owned by Suntory or beam Suntory, and has been with beam at, since basically at least 2011 and beam Suntory started in 2014 but he's they've been with beam pretty much since then uh, 2011 so bill sanders senior uh let his son take over production pretty soon after establishing the brand and then in 2011, he handed the reins off to his son, Rob Samuels. Beautiful name. The master distiller for many years was the great Dave Pickerel, <clears throat> which we've discussed on the podcast a few times. We almost had him on the podcast, uh, sadly, right before he passed. Uh, and that was for 14 years, and that started in 1994. And their most recent distiller, uh, master distiller, is Denny Potter, and he's been there since 2018. And he had some time spent at Maker's Mark before he actually went to Heaven Hill, and then he came back to Maker's Mark. Uh, Maker's is known for their red wax uh, like covering of the cork on every bottle, and that is apparently thanks to Bill Samuels Sr.'s wife, Margie. She was very into the, the brand and the presentation of the whiskey. And they are also one of the few American whiskey companies that spells whiskey without an E on the label. So when you see a bottle of Maker's Mark, it will not have the E at the end. Uh, it's just a random factoid. Uh, <laughs> here are some other Maker's products. Uh, mostly there's the standard Maker's Mark at 90 proof. Um, and actually they, they somewhat recently considered changing the 90 proof standard to an 84 proof. Uh, for more production, they would get about 6% more um, bottles out of that. Uh, but there was such a fuss from the customers that were huge fans of Maker's Mark that they actually decided to keep it at 90 proof. And that was like 2014-ish that they were actually considering that. Uh, they also make a cast strength variety and have since 2014. And in 2019, they started releasing a 101 proof. Uh, they also have a mint julep variety, uh, which just basically incorporates mint flavoring similar to a mint julep. And this year, they're even doing a wood finishing series special edition line. And then basically, there's what we're drinking today, the Makers 46. So what we're drinking today, the Makers 46, uh, they started releasing these in 2010. The standard proof, I don't know why they call it Makers 46, because the uh, the proof is 94, meaning it's 47% alcohol by volume. But I don't know why they call it Makers 46. I probably should have looked into that more. <laughs> um, but I was just wondering the whole time, why do they call it Makers 46? Uh, it has no age statement, but they assume it's similar to the standard. It's right around six years old. Basically like the standard, but the barrels are emptied around six years in. And then they heavily sear, not char, they sear French oak staves and then add them to the barrel where, they're, where they'll re-add the aged bourbon and age for another few months, two to three months, they said. And that's the big difference between Maker's Mark and Maker's 46. Uh, they actually did release a Maker's 46 cast strength this year, uh, but they, we're just drinking the standard today. Uh, total wine price is not too expensive, but uh, I can't say it's super cheap. It's $36.99, and uh, that's what we're drinking today. So uh, thank you to, this is a big shout out. We haven't even done this shout out yet. Huge thank you to our Patreon subscribers, uh, Sarah and Tim Murray who gave us this sample to share today. So thanks thanks Thank a lot, uh, Sarah and Tim. We appreciate you guys. So, yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's pour some of this in. Uh, no cork pop today because they're both sample bottles. 
But I did not know that until recently that the big difference was a French seared French oak stave uh, aging, finishing rather. Wow, that was quite the clang. That was quite the clang. So cool, I got to tell you what we're sniffing here. Yeah. Uh, my mother-in-law, she was yeah. over here last week, and I uh, I handed her my Waterford uh, uh-huh. crystal... Uh, yeah was it a rocks glass and she's like oh, yeah this yeah. is waterford Ooh, uh-huh. so she was very impressed so dude people over the age of 55 love waterford no oh, I, lo- I i love mine now yeah it's pretty welcome to the uh old range <laughs> i will say this i'm All not right. like uh-huh. in general if you'd have been like robbie do you want waterford crystal glasses i'm like i don't need that but now that i have it yeah. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're so nice. And there's I just love the weight of them. Like that's really the biggest thing is the weight feels so fancy. It does. All right, I'm going to take a sniff. Oh man, I will say this is a very clean whiskey. Like yeah. it's it's like it's crisp. It's got some sharp sharpness to it, but it's very pleasant. And I don't know, I just, when I sniff it, I'm like, this is, this, the first adjective was clean came to mind. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with that clean note. Uh, there's almost something to this that reminds me of Irish whiskey in that cleanness and yeah. that, that, that uh, uh, crispness to it. Uh, I got to keep smelling a little more, but. I can see that for sure. It definitely, yeah. I could see this being like a really rich in, in a corn way, uh, Irish whiskey, even though, you know, Irish whiskey is not known for their corn use. Uh, it's pretty much all barley, but um, yeah, that's a good call. And so it's said- not blowing my my nose out of the water with alcohol vapors. I mean, like we said, it's 47 percent, but um, it's very clean. It's it's almost barley like uh, okay. and they use what was it? 14 percent malted barley. But um, it's kind of the big note I'm getting is. I'm not. It's. It doesn't smell super bourbony though, which is interesting. It does, especially with seventy percent corn. You're right. Yeah. It really doesn't. Um, and you're saying the big difference is just they do a French oak. Yeah, they sear French oak staves and then they add them to the barrel and finish huh. aging for a few more months. Yeah, I mean, it's got some nice like it's similar to an Irish. It's got some floraliness to it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The corn, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. It really doesn't smell like a bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It definitely has like a sweet floral to it. I'm going to go for a sip. Mm-hmm. So I just did. And at first it was kind of blank and not in a bad way. Just there wasn't like when you first sip it into your mouth, there wasn't a super strong note. It was kind of empty for a little bit, but after taking a swallow and then uh, kind of letting it, letting it fade a little bit, um, it brought to mind more, like it definitely tasted more bourbony than the nose did. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sweetness became, here's the thing about French oak is that French oak is typically used for like things like cognac and it can be very sweet mellowing to the flavor uh, I kind of got a little of that, but I'm not ready to talk completely about it until I take another sip. So I don't know. What, what do you yeah. think so far? So th- I like this. It's got some, it's, I would say to me, this is really sweet. Um, mm. I think on the finish, it kind of hits almost a chocolatey note. I can't yeah. quite put a, a, a like a finger on what the sweetness is up front, but it get, turns kind of chocolatey to me. It's definitely a little bit floral. Um and it's not, I mean, it definitely tastes more bourbony, but not because on the nose it was definitely more Irish. And it's not like that. It's not uh-huh. like a pear or anything like that. It's almost like a a weird caramel. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know what, how to, what to put on it. Yeah. And, and the, the, it's interesting because even the finish for me is very, I, uh, I like to think that I can recognize French oak because uh, there's even some uh, solid whiskeys that have used French oak. Uh, for example, Blackened by Metallica slash Dave Pickroll. Mm-hmm. That used French oak. They used uh, previously used cognac barrels, I believe. 
which was French Oak. And there's been a few, I don't know if we've had them all on the podcast, but there's been, there are a few like French Oak, like there's a French whiskey called Bastille, as well as one called Brené. And they both use, I believe they're both 100% barley, but they use French Oak instead of uh, anything American Oak. And it is weirdly sweet. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to describe how it is weirdly sweet, but it's 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 florally sweet. If anything, if I can give it one note, it's florally sweet. Yeah, and this is agreed. this shows up on the palette and the finish for Maker's Forty Six, in that there is a floralness that you would never get in a bourbon that shows up a little bit here, and it's very mellowed. Mm-hmm. It's very um, flatly sweet, but it is sweet throughout. But it's not sharply sweet. I would I wouldn't claim this is like um, bright appley sweet. This is um, weirdly French oaky sweet, uh, florally sweet. Yeah, it's, it's definitely sweet. Like I'm I don't usually yeah I'm not a hugely huge fan of super sweet. To me, this is super sweet, mm-hmm. but it's also not super sweet in the way that a bourbon typically is. And I like it. I mean, it's, I mean, very. Ooh la la! I mean, I, I watch a lot of Fancy Ooh. Nancy, and I know some French, so Ooh la this la. is very chic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Nose wise, I added some water, and uh, yeah, got a little vapory on it, but yeah, still it just about the same. It's kind of like your, you know, Irish florally kind of a thing. Yeah, which is really crazy. Yeah, for it's a bourbon to smell very crisp and clean like an Irish whiskey. Hmm. Um. Yeah, what do you think of the palate? Ooh, very syrupy. Very, mm-hmm. it, it turned the sweetness to like almost like a syrupy, not like maple, but like an elderflower or something like that kind of syrup. Mm. Um, elderflower is a good note. It's really, I mean, very it's good not note. completely there, but it's kind of got that florally sweetness to it. But the, the, the mouthfeel on it is super viscous. It's like drinking like a simple syrup, like an elderflower syrup. So I like that's Hey. Which Makers. reminds me, I have some St. Germain in my liquor cabinet that mm. I forgot about, and I need to take advantage of that again, because I love elderflower. Well, bring some vice grips, because if you forgot about it, that there's so much sugar in there, oh, you're never going to yeah. get that cap off. It gets all sugary under there, yeah. <laughs> but that's why they make the cap so big, I guess. Yeah, I think it probably is. <laughs> yeah, I was doing uh, amaretto the other day, uh, and that is, I mean, that that's probably why DiSorono has that chunky cap on it because it is so hard if it's not a DiSorono cap mm-hmm. to get Amaretto, uh, you know, like the cap off of an Amaretto bottle. Mm. Yeah, good palate. Mm. This is like... Yeah, very, very um, floral and super uh, crisp. Like it is clean. It is a clean mm-hmm. bourbon, but almost in a watered down sense. To be honest, not it's not bad, mm-hmm. uh, but it almost seems like it could have a little more oomph. And I'd be really interested in the cash strength forty six. But yeah, I don't know if we'll ever get a bottle of that. But listeners, if you got a bottle of Maker's forty six cask, maybe hit us up. Yeah, cool. Or overcompliment your wife if you get send it to us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, they are both photogenic. <laughs> you gotta are. admit. Did you look at their pictures? <laughs> We're back. They're to like this. the I perfect should... family. Oh man. Oh, hey Drew. Check behind like bushes and stuff like that. Lock your front door. <laughs> no, he's from. Uh, he's from. I won't say where he's from, but he's definitely from somewhere in the south, but not close south to where I am. So <laughs> this is weird, Cole. Yeah, thanks, Drew, for listening and not being super creeped out by me. Yeah, well, the verdict's out on that. But, hey, Cole, have you bought, yeah, any, we'll see. Have you bought any Polplex lately? Have you purchased yeah, yeah. any um, <laughs> uranium or any sort of Twist in the story. Stuff? Cole's have, the Polplex killer. Do you have a rattlesnake in the back of your car? Oh, me? No. no okay. Not yet. All right, just making sure, because those are all signs of the Polplex killer. So, Drew, you might be okay. <laughs> um, my yeah. bus driver dropped that cube. I'm dropping it right now. And, uh, you know, about the same. Nothing really changed much on the nose. The, oh, just, I can I haven't even sipped it yet, but it, it feels colder in my hand. Huh. I feel like this always happens. It's like whiskey science or something. We'll have to look into this. Speaking of which, we should change the name of the podcast next year to Whiskey Science Theater. 
And all yeah, we do is 3,000. <laughs> Ooh. Well, got a little bit of We should end. give we Sorry. should give two names so that when people look up Whiskey Science Theater 3000 and they look up uh, Chill Filtered, they'll find the same podcast. It's the same thing. Except yeah. for one of them just has us. It's like way more tangents over the top of us. Yeah. <laughs> and creepy tangents, apparently. <laughs> um, so oh, that's really good nose. Yeah. I mean, it's fruity. It's, yeah. It's, for me, it didn't change too much, but... Um, on the palate, it gets a little bitter towards the end, but it's, I mean, it's got a good, I think ice goes well with this. It's, uh, this could definitely be a nice summer whiskey. Yeah. Have you, wait, did you sip it or is that the nose? I did. I, did. I, no, I sipped it. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So that, that's funny that it could be a nice summer whiskey because typically Irish whiskeys are like pretty much our favorite summer whiskeys with ice. Um, but this reminds us of a Irish weirdly with that mash bill. But uh, I'm gonna go for a sip right now. You know, and uh, I'm that uh, I, maybe I didn't notice it with the water, but with the ice, I'm starting to get a little bit of that chocolatey finish mm. to it again. So yeah, I don't know. This is I. I think honestly, I'm gonna pick up a bottle of this for sure. I yeah. like this a lot. It's really, I don't know. It's really interesting. It's really good. It's definitely yeah. something a little bit different. I like this a lot. This did not get worse with ice. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Like you're right. This is this is honestly I'll tell you this listeners that this does not remind me of a bourbon as much as it does a single malt or like an American mm. single malt or I maybe mean not American just a typical single malt. Uh but it is really good with water. Really I would good. say like it, it, part of me is like if you want a bourbon that goes <laughs> I mean not with water with ice. Um if you want a bourbon that goes really well with ice. This might be it, but sadly, it won't remind you of a bourbon, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, but it is really good with ice. Like, it reminds me of an Irish whiskey that can improve with ice sometimes. It, it in general, is just, I think this is really good. It's unique. It's mm. definitely different. Uh, price point is awesome. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything mm. else you want to say? Because I'm ready to get in my rating here. No, before, before you go into the rating, uh, the big thing that I notice is that, yes, it is good. And this has surprised me. I, I don't remember the last time I had Makers 46, but this has surprised me. Um, but in the category that I almost want to put it in, that like that um, that single malt, random single malt category, um, I don't, it's weird because I want to rate it as a bourbon and I'm just going to rate it as a whiskey in general, but I want to like say for a bourbon, it's this good for a single malt, it's this good, but it isn't a single malt. Um, but this has surprised me for sure, and I am I am formulating my rating as we speak, as I speak. Uh, but go ahead, Robbie. You can start it off. Yeah, like in general, this is a really good whiskey, really good whiskey. Again, not your traditional bourbon. Um, if you're out mm-hmm. there looking for a bourbon and you want to get something a little bit nicer than Makers, I wouldn't get this, you know. Um, but if you're looking for yeah. an interesting bourbon, a good whiskey, yeah, grab this. It's you know good price. Um, I can see this even being a good introductory whiskey because it has some really good sweetness to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can even mix like an old fashioned with it or something like that. It might be a little interesting to kind of, you know, uh, take away some of the sweetness and some of the water and, and introduce somebody slowly into like For this sure. is a neat whiskey that you finally got to. Um, so I'm going to go 8.6 on it. Very solid. Nice. Very solid whiskey, mm-hmm. especially for the price. Can't beat it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, the, the basis here is that this is a weeded bourbon and it tastes nothing like a weeded mm-hmm. bourbon to me. Yep. And uh, it is, it has surprised me. And I was, to be honest, I was expecting to come in here with a high seven um, for, you know, a standard, reasonably priced whiskey, in this case, a bourbon. But this has surprised me. And the ice pour has really really surprised me <laughs> you're right there and um no i had like a hiccupy <laughs> thing um and so i'm gonna give it an 8.2 not not as high as that 8.6 but um i i do think it made eight range easily mm-hmm. it is not your substandard or even standard bourbon this is something special but would i 
go ahead and buy me a bottle of this. I don't know. Huh. Um, but if I wanted a bourbon that didn't taste anything like a bourbon, yeah, I'd buy this. Yeah, for sure. So, so not e- not 8.2. Even, not even the fact that uh-huh. like, it's unique. Like this is something kind of, it has some unique qualities to it for sure. You wouldn't want that on your shelf. Yeah. No, I mean, for the like, price? I, I appreciate that it's unique and 30, what, $6 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it unique enough to feel like it can, like it, it weirdly doesn't compete with bourbon. Yeah. But it also weirdly doesn't compete with single malts. At least the single malts we've had recently. Yeah. So, well, um, like, so the last, that's, that's why I say that. Mm-hmm. The last single malt we had, Bluebird, right? Mm. No, the last one we technically had was the, um, the, what's it called? The, uh, Delbach, um, Distiller's Cut. Okay. Well, now, We'll get into this a little bit later, but I will say uh-huh. yeah, this can't compete with some single malts for sure. Yeah. And I, I think... No, this definitely competes so I'm with okay, I'm okay Bluebird. With, I'm okay with your rating. I'm not okay with saying that it doesn't match up to other things. And I and maybe to, to me, uniqueness is a big deal. If it's something unique, yeah. something a little bit different, and especially if it's something unique and different for a good price... Yeah, uh, this is something I'm keeping on the shelf. So I'm definitely going to pick yeah. a bottle of this up. So anyway. I guess that's my difference. There is that I enjoy uniqueness, but it has to like beat other things like very well. Like it has to be like all right, it is unique, but it beats the 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 realm that it's in for the most part. And it does like don't get me wrong that even though it is not an American single malt, it it fits into that category taste wise. And but I I still feel like there are certain bottles of American Single Malt that I would not buy. But this you know I would in a way, um, but I wouldn't prefer it for okay. sure. Well, I don't yeah. respect that at all, Cole. That's cool. Yeah, you can write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Anything else? Are we? I think we we kind of we're kind of probably good there, right? Yeah, I think so. All yeah. Right. Let's move it on to our next segment of the show called Whiskey World News. <laughs> Well, this is part of the show where we read an article and we talk about it. We didn't write the article. We just talk about it. And this one comes from uh, winesearcher.com. <clears throat> and being as we're kind of wrapping the year up, this is our last episode of the year 2020. Oh, this just reminded me. We were saying goodbye to Tucker. So we had to put down our dog, Opie, um, this summer. And we put down, we're putting Tucker down today. And then... Um, oh, they're both Shih Tzus, right? Yeah. And then uh, my uh, sister yeah. and brother-in-law, Megan and Nate, they put down their Shih Tzu uh, Yoda. Oh. This fall, too. Um, and they were all kind That's of... bought. rough we were, They're all born around a similar time. Year. And Amara just looks at me and she goes... And she's a very positive girl. But she yeah. just looks at me and she goes, I hate 2020. This is the worst year. I'm oh. like... <laughs> It's so sad. You know, it took it took twelve months of her to break and finally say that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, twenty twenty's been awful in a lot of ways. It's been good in some ways, but it's been pretty bad for a lot of people in a lot of ways. But this article is titled "Whiskey: The Hero in a Year from Hell." Um, <laughs> this is written by Dan Cavanaugh, and uh, let's get into it. So it says you'd been you'd be forgiven for reaching for a stiff drink to mark the end of twenty twenty, and almost inevitably, that drink is going to be whiskey. In a year unlike any other, search and sales lead data show that while wine managed to increase its share of consumer interest from January to November, it was spirits that really shone. And the top performer was whiskey. Um, when it comes to sales leads, where a search searcher clicks through from a search result page to a merchant website indicating an intention to purse, wine had a 4% rise overall, and rosé again leading the field with 14% increase, white wine up to 7%. Uh, following by sparkling wine, red wine, and dessert wines had the same number of sales of leads as last year. Looking more closely at where consumers were searching, Bordeaux, oh man, I got to skip down here a little bit. It's talking too much about wine. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the big winners. Whiskey was easily the largest category, making up more than half of all spirit searches. While gin, tequila, enjoyed stellar years, with search increases 13% and 29% respectively. Both were coming off small bases. Uh, vodka figures were up as well. And so to whiskey, we saw a 30% increase in searches this year. So basically what the beginning of the article says is these were everything that whiskey was the highest. Um, mm. 
and an 11% increase in sales leads, but important stuff is in the detail. Scott leads the search charge in the whiskey category with 49.3% of all searches for being for scotch. However, in the past year, searches increased by just 22%, which is a lot, but not less than a benchmark 30% figure for whiskey as a whole. Uh, well, sales leads actually shrink by 1%. There might be plenty of people looking for scotch, but not as many are buying. The category that boosted immensely by people have been responded to by the various lockdowns, upheavals, and pervading sense of dread marinating 2020 by turning to bourbon. Searches for Kentucky whiskey are up by a whacking, uh, whacking, (laughs) by a whacking 48%, and search leads are up by 28% overall. While bourbon accounts for 20.1% of all whiskey searches, it makes up 31% of all sales leads. That's a hell of a conversion rate. Uh, U.S. whiskey generally did well during 2020. Tennessee whiskey searches grew by 26% and sales lead by 28%, while the generic USA whiskey appellation increased by 28% for searches and 17% for sales leads. And this is kind of a boring article, but I do like the title of it. Whiskey is the hero of the year from the year from hell. And uh, I don't know, Cole, any any thoughts on that in general? I guess it's more just kind of like a reflection into 2020. And I think, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. in a second here, we'll kind of name some of our favorite whiskeys of the year. But I don't know, any any thoughts on the year from hell and whiskey being the hero? Yeah, I, I mean, one quick thought is that I've talked to a few people recently and who weren't so, so much into whiskey, and now they are super oh, into whiskey. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think it's just the year for that. And I think it, it, you know, even even for us as a whiskey podcast, it's like that's awesome. Like we want more people to get into this. We want more people to like not even just as like people for our listeners or anything like that, but like we want people to know more like this consider yourself a uh, my fair lady you know situation here similar to R- robbie has become um consider learning more about whiskey and and enjoying whiskey more because like there is so much to it mm-hmm. of like you could you could try wine and that's cool and all um but if you want your bottle to last even longer drink some whiskey <laughs> i mean it doesn't have to last longer if you're into that kind of thing but like wine, you have to finish in like what a week yeah. or less. That's dumb. <laughs> so that's 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 all. That's my uh, that's my thesis statement of of this article is whis- wine doesn't last long, but whiskey does. Don't be dumb. Drink whiskey. So like I love gotta Cole. Be, I gotta be honest, Cole. You probably pissed off. Chill filtered the podcast for the wine lover. Um, which is the opposite of what we have. They do wine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wine is dumb. No, I agree. I think <laughs> whiskey's better. Better. No, I, I know you're like, I think uh, it's a good point because when you buy a bottle of wine, boy. you do have to kind of finish it quickly. And, yeah. you know, you got to, I mean, typically, if, you know, if my spouse and I were to drink a bottle of wine, it'd probably be three nights tops and it's probably gone yeah bottle of whiskey mm-hmm. last you know depending on how good it is and how often we want to drink it it could i mean it could last us a year and a half two years it could be a cool two three weeks i don't know like it, it you know that's a good point um and i think but it's, it's certainly not two or three days it's not usually it's it, well on a bad week well with those girls yeah, were doing oh, it was two or three hours no um yeah but uh, yeah, I think it's. I think whiskey has definitely been a hero of the year. Um, I have drinketed more whiskey this year than I've ever. I've drank more this year than I ever have in my entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Welcome to the crew. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like I, I think next year my res, you know, one of my resolutions is going to be to cut back some, just because it's probably a good idea. But uh, yeah, no, whiskey's definitely been a hero, and I think this has been a good whiskey year for me. I think Cole and I were talking earlier, and we we're. Um, just kind of some of our highlights from the year. And did you actually make a list, Cole? Of top three? Top three, yeah. Uh, I have top two, but let me think of the third. You think of the yeah, third Yeah, I one. have a third. Okay, so we'll, mm. we'll go ahead and talk here real quick. So I'll start. Um, so just kind of from the podcast, our top three whiskeys of the year and uh, our number one whiskeys are going to kind of lead into our what whiskey would you choose. So maybe we'll go a little reverse. We'll do the what whiskey would you choose for this week and then go to the results from last week. But uh, at like num- number three... My third favorite whiskey we did on the podcast this year was Mr. Sam, episode 94. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That, oh, 
such an amazing thank ride. you jason preston seriously yes it's such a good jason thank you so much it is an amazing rye. It's so cinnamony and perfect. It's like, I wish I had a bottle of it right now because that would be my winter break kind of a jam. It's That would so be a good winter break one. Good. Yes. So my number three is Mr. Sam, episode 94. What about you, Cole? Uh, my number three this year was, uh, I don't know what episode number it was, but I'm going to go with the Hubba What that I got from the Del Bach um, Dorado. Uh-huh. Episode one thirteen. It was it, it it's it's debatable whether it was the third best whiskey I had this year, but the Hubbard of what status of holy cow, this blew my mind for what I expected. Uh and it was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. It was it was straight up Hubbard of what. Um but I put it in third with the Dorado release of um Delbox. So that made third place this year. Okay. Well, my number two Another rye, I have Sazerac, uh, eighteen year this year's. Uh, oh yeah, that was good. Golly, that was an amazing, amazing rye. Uh, it's more of a traditional rye, tons of spice, so amazingly delicious. That was episode one twenty. If you want to hear more about that, oh gosh, if you get that in any of your auctions or uh, allocations or anything like that. Oh, you are a lucky, lucky person. So, yeah, that was my yeah, number two. Yeah. Yeah. Number two for me uh, was pretty close to number one, but uh, I think most people know how much I appreciated uh, the Single Oak Project, barrel number 16, uh, from this past year. I don't know what number it is at this point. I want to say episode, it was high 90s. Episode 94. Yeah, um, 94. So that was, oh my goodness, just the fruit roll-ups that I tasted Mm -hmm. throughout the finish and the palate there blew my mind. Uh, Was expecting something great, but wasn't even expecting it to be as great as it truly was. It was amazing. It was incredible. (laughs) And I still have more than half of the 375 bottle that I still have. And that'll be only special occasions for that bottle. So uh, number two this year was... Yeah, Single Oak Project, barrel number 16. All right, so my number one uh, was Cole's number three, but I'm going with Del Bach, Dor- El- uh, not Dor- El- Dorado, uh, episode mm-hmm. 113. Like I said earlier, the hub of what for me is a big deal. If you can make something that is just unique, I'm all about yeah. it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like we, we had a couple episodes ago, we did the Red Breast 21, and to me, that's an amazing, amazing bottle. It's probably my favorite bottle because it is so unique. You're not going to find anything yeah. else like it. And when you're drinking it, you know you're drinking something special. So my number one is Del Bac Dorado. Nice. I like that. And then uh, my number one this year, top of all 2020, was last week's episode, which I also claimed was <laughs> the greatest uh, whiskey I've ever tried. And kind of solidified that in my mind for um yeah just what i've drank it did and that was the uh e.h taylor seasoned wood 2016 release of that so it was just so good <laughs> i i mean it's everything i could ever ask for in a great bourbon seriously just fruity yeah. blueberries blackberries just fruit throughout and sweet as can be in a really well-developed way and just uh, throughout sweetness i loved it and it was like the perfect bourbon for me so yeah it was the single or the seasoned wood yeah yeah definitely so good good listener so cole this is i think this is a uh uh cole geez sorry my buzz is killing me here a little bit this is a first uh-huh. on chill filter i couldn't even think of the name of the podcast <laughs> you're like uh is- <laughs> first on ice in your whiskey <laughs> this is the first time we're going to have one of us or anyone, Adam, you, I, pick, taking a what whiskey would you choose for the second week in a row? So your your what whiskey would you choose for the second week in a row is the That's same true. one. That's true. And speaking yeah. of which, it killed this week. Like, you did so oh, well. Oh, did it? It did. Well, yeah, you did. Um, so this last week, our what whiskey would you choose was, um, what was it? It was, oh, what do you hope to get under the Christmas tree, right? So Cole mm-hmm. chose Seasonwood. I chose Red Breast 21. Cole won 67% to 33%. So nice. let's see if, if uh, Seasonwood gets the back-to-back championship. First time ever. 
Uh, yeah. Got some good write-ins, and you know what? I am going to be making some wishes because we still got, you know, technically this is coming out after Christmas, but we're recording before Christmas, so I will uh, write some letters of Santa for you guys. So Mad Town Marketer, um, I will be writing Santa and saying he wants some Stag Jr. under the tree. Uh, Marco <laughs> 41357 wants some George C. Sag, but he'd be excited for some Stag Jr. too. So Santa, you know what you got to do there, bud. Um, yeah. Killed to five one eight. Mark Marcus Ferguson? No. Uh Miles. Miles? Miles Ferguson. <laughs> Marcus. Golly. <laughs> Miles Ferguson. Uh wants anything from Isla. And uh Bourbon Drinker 2 wants some Pappy 20. Uh Nathan Anthony 17 with some old Forester. Uh, 150 anniversary batches one through three. I don't know. Have you been a good boy this year? We'll, we'll, let's we'll ask Santa for you. Uh Bryce Marita, B underscore side, wants some uh, Elmer T. Lee, but pretty sure he's going to find nothing. I don't know. We're, we're making oh. some Santa wishes for you here. And uh, Dramhound wants some Double Eagle, very rare. So That'd be some, killer. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> that would be, yeah. That You have to be a really good little boy to get that. So Yeah, he would be <laughs> the best boy. Anyway. Um, and then I wanted to follow up from last week. Uh, what was it? It was a bro escatosa soi. That said, uh, I want a Mickey a bullet. No, Is that was, right? no, it was, uh, uh, it was uh, uh, Emma or was Joe him. Bradbury. Emma Lee. No, no, Bradbury. no. So no, I I brought it up. That sound because it was Canadian, and I was like, that sounds super um, Australian. And so we hit up oh. uh, Joel Bradbury. So I think it was Bro Escatosa. Who said it? Um, Our Canadian turtle friend. Yeah. And so we, we 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 did a shout out to Joel Bradbury. And he actually responded right before this episode that we were recording now. Like and so he said. As we started recording. Yeah. He said, so definitely don't use the word Mickey for describing a 375 milliliter. Uh, I'm not actually sure what we call it. We do we say taking the Mickey, which means having a lend, which I still don't know what that means. <laughs> like lending something, I guess, or taking the. I imagine that's piss or oh, like pee. It, no, it's probably puss. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and and then he says, "Don't know if you guys." Uh, use those sayings or not basically telling a white lie or being so good at something that you make others look silly and then he says please hit me up for any other interpretation on Aussie slang and uh, so so uh, Joel we're gonna have to take another slang in what does having a lend mean <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it just means lending something so yeah hit us up uh, Joel thanks for listening um, and then uh, one other thing we would be stoked to hear about uh, as we uh, transition to the open response of our Instagram um, next week. We're going to say, what's your favorite episode? And maybe we'll say, what's your favorite episode? And what is your favorite of the ones we have tried that you have tried in 2020? Um, so maybe maybe you have had the uh, Single Oak Project, Barrel 16, and you think that was the best, then that's cool. But if you've never had the Barrel 16, maybe you've had a few of the ones we've had on the podcast in the last 52 or so episodes. So have a uh, have a listen there and uh, listen, what was your favorite episode and then what was your favorite pour that we poured this year? So and then, um, yeah, so we're excited to hear what you have had and, yeah. and have enjoyed. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, and then we let's see next week. Um, yeah, let's let's throw up two to to fight against each other for next week, Robbie. What do you okay. say? Um, and you'll be, you'll be back home next week. Yeah, I will be. Okay. So um, let me look through my list real quick. Um, but maybe you have it up on the shelf oh, or something like that. What range are we looking for here, man? Um, you know, we haven't done non-American. I feel like in a while. Hmm. So let me see. Yes. Yes. Because I know if we're going non-American, uh, I know exactly what I'm calling out here. Oh no, I don't. Okay, is it the Balvini Pete week? Maybe. What are you going to throw out? What do you th- What do you think? Uh, we don't have many on the on the docket for <laughs> non-American besides the. Uh, oh, we do have the Abbas Solo, but that's going to totally tank compared to the. Um, well, we have the green spot. Balvini Pete week. You have that green spot. Yes, let's do that again. The Balvini Pete Week versus the Green Spot Chateau Leoville Barton. Mm-hmm. That'll be a good one. Yeah, Irish versus Scotch. 
and peated scotch, but not from a peated region. Well, cool. Save it for the podcast. Oh, true story. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what we'll do next week. We'll pit those against each other. Otherwise, uh, yeah, listeners, I uh, I hope you have enjoyed a American whiskey that tasted non-American this week. And you know what, Cole? I really hope that uh, you know you had as much. This is my I'm, I'm rounding out my first year on the podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I had a wonderful time, listeners. Uh, oh, never mind. I, gosh, I'm almost messed it up again. But Cole, I hope you had a good year like I did with drinking some great whiskeys with you. Totally did. But most of all, listeners, <laughs> I hope that our love of spirits lifted yours. 